um, welcome to our summer praise, which comes only a year and a bit after our last praise, but that's good. At least we've done one, hey? And it's good to see you all here. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Kate, and I'm the minister here at the Baptist Church. And um, during the course of this evening, you'll see uh, the other ministers. Uh, Simon's not able to be here because he's got something on at the coffee shop, but we're all um, been involved in this. And also the worship band will be here and we'll be worshipping together. It's just a good opportunity this evening to get together as Christians from different churches, different backgrounds, and to worship God together and to lift his name high, but also to pray for our village, our community, our world, our country, our friends and families, and just to join and be in God's presence together. And uh, we were praying before that God would lead us and that God would be here among us. We know that he is, but we pray that he will move among us as we worship him and that we will know he's here this evening. So I'm going to hand over to Kirsten and the band, and we're going to worship God together to begin with. Good evening, everybody. I've been tasked this evening to speak to you about community. And I want you to um, think about community tonight in a way that it's a discipline in that we practice prayer and Bible reading and the like. And we want to carry each other's burdens as a discipline too. I'm going to start this evening with a story from Max Licardo's book, In the Eye of the Storm. And it's a story about a parakeet named Chippy. So if you've ever read the book, I apologise. You're going to have a story you've already heard. But this is the parakeet, Chippy. Now, Picky the Chippy, the parakeet, never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage. And the next, he was sucked in, washed up and blown over. The problem being that when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with the vacuum cleaner... She put the end of the hose into Chippy's cage to clean the bottom, and the phone rang. She turned to answer the phone, barely said hello when she heard a and Chippy had been sucked up the vacuum. The bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, and quickly opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive but very stunned. Since the bird was covered in dust and dirt, She raced him to the bathroom, turned on the water and held Chippy under the running tap. Then realising that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she decided to do what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer and blasted Chippy with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. And days after the trauma, the reporter who had initially written about the traumatic event called Chippy's owner to find out how the bird was recovering. Well, the owner replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. It's not hard to see why. Sucked in, washed up and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from the stoutest of hearts. And that's about, that sums up how many of us can feel at times when life hits us hard. We've all felt that way, and I'm sure you could think of a time when you have. M. Scott Peck begins his book, The Road Less Travelled, with three-word sentence that's packed with just great simple truth. It reads, life is difficult. And he's so very right. Life can be difficult, and it's filled with burdens that we all have to bear. 
God's intention for the church, though, was that we become a community where we bear one another's burdens. Paul in Galatians writes, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else, for each one should carry his own load. In verse 1, Paul gave instructions concerning our responsibility to help other believers. He says that we are to come alongside the brother or sister and help restore them in spiritual gentleness. Then in verse 2, Paul commands that we bear one another's burdens. The burden that we are to help others carry include the sort of difficulties that conclude any sort of difficulties that people face. The word that's used here is general word that literally means a heavy weight. Something that was very heavy to carry was referred to as a burden. The word that is translated as bear or carry in our Bibles is a word that the original language meant to carry or lift something. The most literal meaning of the word is to pick it up and carry it away. As Paul employs it in a figurative sense, he means that we're to reach out to our brothers and sisters in their time of difficulty and help them in any way that we are able Anything we can do to lessen the weight of the load they are carrying will be a great blessing. The verb carry in the passage is in the imperative, which means it's a command. And as a command, it's to be continuous and ongoing, an action. This command is not worded in a way that suggests it's something we are to do occasionally, but something we are to do continually. Now, for those of you that were paying close attention to the reading from Galatians, you might have noticed that there appears to be something of a contradiction. Verse 2 tells us to carry each other's burdens, and then that way you will fulfill the law of Christ. But verse 5 says, for each should carry his own load. So which is it? Should we bear one another's burdens or not? What we can't see in the English language is the fact that the two verses are using a different word for the word bear. The word in verse 2 refers to the heavy, crushing loads that, which are more than a person could bear to carry. The word in verse 5 was used to designate the pack usually carried by a marching soldier. It's the burden that Christ assigns to each of us as his followers. There are certain Christian responsibilities or burdens that each believer must bear that cannot be shared by others. But thankfully, we are promised in Scripture and through Jesus that these burdens are to be light. As Matthew reminds us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we faithfully carry then each other's burdens, we will be fulfilling the law of Christ. We can conclude from Scripture The law of Christ is to love one another as Jesus loves us. Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. The entire law is summed up in a single command. 
Love your neighbour as yourself. Galatians 5 says, Bearing the burdens of others is a genuine expression of love and ultimately fills everything that God wants us to be and to do. The Bible's pretty clear about the fact that everyone will face adversity. James 1 tells us, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. We notice that even people of great faith had their share of suffering. Consider Job and Paul, for example. And so as Christians, we too have burdens to carry. Our burdens may vary in kind and intensity, but all of us will have a burden of some kind of other that occur at any time in our life. I like the story told of a woman who had lost her son and could not get over her grief. She went to see an old wise man and asked him what she should do. He told her to go to her, find a home that has no sorrow or grief in it, and to bring back a mustard seed from that home, and then he would restore her son to her. She threw herself into that search for many days and returned later to the wise man. When she approached the wise man, she simply said, I've been so selfish in my grief. I've discovered that sorrow is common to every home. Look around you today and understand that all of us have burdens. There is heartache in every person's life. We all have problems and cares that weigh us down and are a burden that we have to bear. There's burdens of sorrow and grief, of sickness and ageing, There are burdens of emotional difficulties and scars of the past and marriage problems. There's the burden of children who have extra needs or rebellious spirits, unemployment and employment. There's the burden of consequences of lawlessness and sin and foolishness. Now that we know that God wants us to help others with our burdens, how do we go about that? First, we have to know that somebody has a burden. Second, that person has to be willing to allow us to help them. We need to realise that someone who has the burden requires active involvement in each other's lives. If we're not open and honest enough about our own struggles, then no one will know what our burden is. If we are not observant or interested enough, then we won't notice when somebody else is struggling. If we're not spending enough time with each other, then we won't have the opportunity to be close enough to know what each other's burdens are. All of this requires time and effort to develop those relationships and friendships, a real community. Once we have an idea that someone needs some help carrying their burden, then that person needs to be willing to let us help them. How often are you willing to let other people help you? Pride often gets in our way, doesn't it? We often feel that we need to do it on our own or we're too embarrassed to admit what's going on. We feel that our faith should be in God alone and that should be enough. The Bible says something like that, that we should cast our cares on the Lord 
But we should recognise that God also uses other people as his agents to help us carry those burdens. God helps carry our burdens through his people. We are his hands and his feet. And this is what Paul said happened in his own life. For when we came to Macedonia, he writes, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by sending Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Isn't that amazing that Paul knew that God comforted him through Titus? Ultimately, we are God's eyes, God's ears and God's tongues and hands to help others. So let's be sure that we're cultivating those relationships that are close enough to share burdens, to know each other's burdens. And let's love each other enough to want to help those who are burdened outside our community. Let us be humble enough to be willing to receive the loving assistance of others and to be the loving assistance to others. Let's just take a minute to reflect on that. And it may be that as Tori spoke, uh, God, just something really struck you. Uh, and I'd encourage you just to sit with that. So let's just be quiet for a moment uh, and allow God to continue what he's begun. Father, we pray that you'd plant the word, your word, deep in our hearts and our minds and our lives. That day by day we would be being transformed by you. Being transformed into that community that you have called us and created us to be. We pray in confidence because we pray in the name of Jesus who came that we would have your life. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer now, and um, we're all of us different. Some of us like to pray with others, and that really helps us. Some of us like to pray alone. Some of us like to pray using words. Some of us just like silence. And it's possible to pray with others in silence. The two are not mutually exclusive. Some of us like pictures. I had prepared a beautiful PowerPoint presentation to help you pray if you're somebody who likes images, but technology has failed. <laughs> so we have one picture. At All Saints this morning, we were thinking about this story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and asking that question, who is my neighbor? 
And as we asked that question, we were praying that we would have eyes to see, that we would have hearts to care, and that we would have hands to act. And so as we come now to pray, I would encourage you to use those things, um, to pray for eyes and hearts and hands that are God's instruments in the world. So we're not going to pray for long. We're going to pray, again, for those of you who like to know what's coming, we're going to pray first of all for the wider world, then we're going to pray for the UK, then we'll pray for our village, and then we'll pray for holiday clubs. So we're kind of getting coming in a little bit more close each time. And we'll have about a minute, a minute and a half for each thing. So not a lot of time. Um, you don't have to pray for everything. You don't have to pray for the whole world. You don't have to pray for every child that comes to holiday club. Um, God knows. But we can bring him um, our, our concerns. Uh, and so I invite you now, if you're just to sort of work yourself out. So if you want to pray with somebody else, have a look around and see who that might be. Might be the people sitting next to you. Um, if you want to pray on your own, just say, no, I'm right, thank you. Nobody's moving. <laughs> okay, so I will, um, I'll move us on. So uh, for each section, as I say, about a minute, a minute and a half. So if you're in a group, you won't all get to pray. Um, but let's just bring those things to God and pray for eyes and hearts and hands that will be his. So let's begin by praying for the wider world. Blessed be your name. We're going to finish with that. When this is finished, this song, unless, you know, you want to carry on, there's coffee and tea, although Andrea is serving it, so that's a bit of an issue. But do stay and enjoy time together as well.